First off, let's get into Exodus chapter 14, verse 14. If you don't want, you don't need to turn to it if you don't want to. And it says there, the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. He's talking to Moses here. Because all the things that Moses did, all the miraculous happenings, uh, he just went through, I believe that this time he just went through the, uh, they may not have yet, but he just went through the uh, Red Sea on dry ground with walls of water on both sides, and plus all the other miracles he did in Egypt and to get the people away from the Egyptians, and then the Egyptians come charging over on their chariots, and they're charging in there thinking they're going to catch them, and then the walls of water go back together after the Egyptians get or the Jews, the Israelites get through, and the walls of water goes back on them and drowns all the Egyptians on their chariots and all their these great uh, warriors, fighters, okay? And God says here, the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now, he said that to Moses some 2,000 years ago, maybe a little more than that. But he's saying it to you today. He shall fight for you. Every one of you, everyone in here has got some kind of problem, something going on in his life that you need help on. And what's God tell you? The Lord shall fight for you. What does that mean? That means you don't need to do a thing. Look at the people he fought for back then. Noah, building an ark on dry ground. You know he got ridiculed by everyone that walked by him. He says, Noah, what are you doing? It hadn't rained yet. And they're not near water. Can you imagine what they said to him? They're probably laughing at him, and, and, his, and his two sons were helping him. But Noah knew what he was doing because the Lord told him to do it. Uh, Joshua, not Joshua, yeah, well, Joshua too in, the, in Jericho. Let's go fight a battle. And how you're going to fight that battle is walk around it six days in a row, all of you, then the seventh day, walk around in seven days and then scream and yell, praise the Lord. And the walls came tumbling down. What a crazy way to fight a battle. Uh, Joseph had a dream and turned his father and his brothers all against him because of his dream. But he trusted the Lord, got sold into slavery, then he got put into prison after he got sold into slavery. And then he had another dream. And he told the baker and the butler what their dreams meant. And, and then the, the pharaoh had a dream. And the pharaoh had a dream. And then the butler, the, the butler remembered what, who told him about his dream. So he went in to tell the pharaoh, said, hey, there's a new guy in prison there that, man, he told me everything, about two dreams, and he told us everything that was absolutely correct. So they grabbed him and brought him before Pharaoh. And of course, Joseph said, Pharaoh, it's not man to know, to know dreams. They don't know. 
but God does. He knows the answer to all dreams. He knows the answer to all your dreams. He knows all of your problems. I don't know, there's a lot of you here tonight, or this morning, that I don't even know your names. Just met a whole family that were back there, and, and uh, just a beautiful family, and, they, and they're, they're not even all here. But I don't know them. But God knows everything about them. He knows what troubles they're having. He knows what troubles each one of you are having. There is nothing he doesn't know about you. He knows the trouble that's coming up that you don't even know about what's coming. Think about that. And he knows why it's coming and what to do about it. That's what I want you to understand who our God is. He says in, in uh, uh, 1 John, I mean not 1 John, but John chapter 1, not anything that was made was made not by him. He made it all. There is nothing he hasn't made. In John 3, 27, he says, everything we receive, everything we receive cometh from above. I want you to think about what we're talking about. We're talking about a holy God, and there's only one. And when you, when you say the word God, what you're saying is holy. And when you say holy, you're saying perfect. And his name means holy and perfect in everything he does. There's nothing he doesn't do that's not absolutely perfect. It may not feel perfect to you, but it was absolutely perfect the, done he way, the way he wants it done. Because that's who he is. He's God. There is nothing like him. There is no other one like him. He is all by himself. And thankfully, he's our God. You can call him God. Now, back in 2018... I did a project called the Ankeny Kirkendall Library early in 2018. Probably, I'm going to say February or March. I'm not sure. And uh, had the bid letting, and uh, Stahl Corporation was the uh, general who, got, who uh, got the project. And they called me and wanted me to go to for a uh, pre-construction meeting. And they went through all the things that they wanted wanted done to give us the construction schedule. It's supposed to start in April and be done by uh, April of 2019, about a year project. So he, the guy told me, he says, I'll see you in about two months. And I said, okay, sound good. So when you bid a project like that and you, you got this time set on their schedule, you don't bid too many projects in that area because you already got a huge project project going on right then. It was a $70,000 project. So, uh, so then I started bidding jobs that were after, the, after 2018 for 2019, okay, and, and put them in that time frame. But anyway, the, the project went along and two months came went by and uh, I called him and says, were you about ready for us to start? Nah, you better back that off another two months. We're having a lot of problems here. We're, Things are slowing us down. The weather's causing us all kinds of problems. I said, okay. 
And then two months went by again, and now we're getting into the fall and uh, in the winter. And I called him again and said, you ready for us? And nah, you better back that up about two more months. Says, we're not, uh, we're not ready for you yet. There have just been a lot of delays on this project. We're just having a, a, a horrible time getting this thing going. And I'm starting to get worried now. So finally, we start in July of 2019. So we're a year later at the time that that project was supposed to be done. So we get started on that project and we started doing what we're supposed to do. And uh, uh, I turned the first bill like in, in uh, July would be August, I guess. Yes, in August. And uh, didn't get paid. So what in the world is going on? So then we worked another one. And the way, I, way it works, I worked 30 days turn in a bill, then hopefully get paid 30 days later. See? So I got, didn't get paid on time on that one, then worked the next month, turned in a bill, and still haven't got paid. I kept thinking, what is going on here? Then about a month later, I did get paid those two bills together. But then we worked September, October, November, and December and I never got paid for any of those months either. Now the bills are huge. They aren't little bills. We're in the, we're talking about $65,000 they owe me, and, that, that the, and they haven't paid me. And then I called Lane, Lane was the super project guy, like vice president, and I asked him, I said, Lane, what's going on here? He says, how come I haven't been paid? And he says, you need to get that project done. We are behind schedule. He says, <laughs> How is that my fault that you're behind schedule? Says we're doing everything we can to get that. And I haven't even told you yet that they made all. There's about 400 panels that go on the walls in this place, and the uh, the millwright that brought them to us made them. Most of them were wrong. So you'd put so many panels on, and then they wouldn't fit in the area they wanted to, and then they had to take them down and remake them and take them back to RCS, and they had to remake them and then bring them back out to do them again. And we did that. I can't tell you how many panels that we fixed. Uh, they fixed it to start off with. Then finally, they got tired of fixing them, and they just told Quick to fix them, told us to fix them while they're on the job site. So we started doing that for them. So we had quite a few extras on this project. And this, this just kept going on and on and on. And then finally, uh, and I'll tell you another thing about them, they, they wanted us to get done, down toward the end of the project. And Lane called me and says, Craig, you need to get down there. And now we want you to send guys here on Saturday and on Sunday we'll play double time, and on Saturday we'll play overtime for you to come work. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, they'll, pay, they'll promise to pay me, but so far, they haven't paid me nothing. He says, why would I send more men there to a job that I'm not getting paid for than, and take them off a job that I am getting paid for? I says, this don't make a lot of sense for me to do such a thing. I says, man, I'm not doing that. It's until you give me a payment. And he says, you better do it, Craig. You better do it. And at this whole time now, I'm out all this money. I'm not even taking a check anymore. I don't think I took more than two checks that whole year for myself because I couldn't because I was getting down to the end of my money that I had 
in, in quick construction. And it was getting really close. And then uh, Adam told my wife, Jody, that we need to sign up for the PPE. And I didn't really think that the government was going to give me anything. I said, that's kind of funny. I said, he really wants to do that. I said, Jody says, Dad, Adam says it would be a good idea for you to do that. So Adam tells me to do something, I'll do it. You know, Adam, he knows what he's doing. So uh, we signed up for the PPE, and the day I paid my last payroll, that was around $20,000, I had $1,000 left in my checking account. Now, I want you to understand that a long time ago, I told the Lord, says, this company's yours. I surrendered my heart, my life, my wife, my children, my, my money, everything, my business, everything that I own. I says, Lord, it's yours. You take care of it. You run it. And you don't know what a relief that is when you give it to God and you tell him everything that I have Lord is yours I'm not responsible for any of it anymore you are because I'm giving it to you I don't spend money without thinking about it is that what God wants me to do I don't go anywhere without thinking about it is that what God wants me to do I do get mad at my wife once in a while and I know God says don't do that because <laughs> I do love her more than anything else in this world and, I'm, and I get, you know, you know how that always goes on. You get tired. How many of you get tired, get angry when you're getting really, really tired? How many of you are angry in the morning when you first get up? You got a bad attitude. How are you angry when you don't get enough to eat and you're hungry and you get a bad attitude? Things like that happen. Well, that happens to me once in a while. I can't help it. It does. I'm, I'm, I am flesh and bones, whether you believe it or not. So you get angry sometimes when you do that. And so I signed, we signed up for the PPE, and that was on Friday. I believe it was Friday, Thursday or Friday. She had it done by Thursday or Friday, and she turned it in on Friday. That's what it was. She turned it in on Friday. And by next Tuesday, it, the government put $83,000 in my checking account for quick construction. Wow, was, that's what I said. Wow, I couldn't believe it. I says, and I, and I told the Lord, I told the Lord on Friday, I said, Lord, you know, everybody knows that I'm a Christian that I'm dealing with, and they, what are they going to say when I don't have enough money to make my payroll? And most of the guys that work for me are Christians because I like it that way. I want most Christians, like all the Christians I can get to work for me. I says, what are they going to say when I can't pay them, Lord? He's never, never let me down. When you give your heart and your mind and your life to the Lord, he's there for you. You can't live a Christian life without giving up your life. I want you to understand that. You can't live the Christian life without giving up your life. Let him have control. You will never regret it. So anyway, we get to uh, back then, and then I tell Lane, I'm not coming back until you pay me. And he says, Craig, you better not 
better not leave. And, and this was like a December 10th or 12th or something like that. So I told Steve, let's take off. We're not going back there anymore. Just go to the other jobs and get them done. So they did that, and Lane at that time hired TechCon from Minneapolis. That's where Stahl's from. That kind of explains a lot. And uh, from TechCon, and found out that TechCon, who they brought four carpenters down there, is owned by Wayne Stahl. <laughs> so they, he's, a, he's a part of their corporation anyway. So they came down there and did the work we did. Uh, we were supposed to get done, and then we found out that they did a lot of work that we shouldn't have been doing. They did painting, they did drywall work, they did steel work, they did just all kinds of things that, they, that, that wasn't even in our scope of work. So now we're going to arbitration, because we're just not getting together, we're not getting along. So we just had arbitration about one week ago. Now remember, this is 2018. We finally had it about two, maybe two weeks ago now. So we go in there the first day, and here's me and Steve, my son, and Steve Marshall, our lawyer, and Anna, his assistant lawyer, with him. And there's Excel there, mechanicals there, with their, the Connie is their, is their head and their lawyer. And then there's the arbitrator, and then there's Stahl with three lawyers and their different witnesses. And anyway, uh, I start off first and tell them about quick construction. They we're just a small company. They're not very big, and we don't they don't do a ton of anything. We just all we do is install woodwork. We're, we you know do uh, trim carpentry, and all we do is install it. We don't buy the materials, none of that stuff. We don't do that kind of stuff on in general in uh, commercial jobs because the build the general contractors want to buy it all. So then we took they told that. Then Bruce and uh, two of my men came in and they. That uh, Dave Toomey, he was one of them, came in and they testified and, and the court says how uh, how terrible the the, uh, the superintendents for stall were. So they just send you all over to one place and to another, never let you finish anything. The panels were never never half time. We were waiting on them. They weren't there, and most of the time they weren't even right. And he, and and it finally got towards the end, and Stahl kept trying to finish the project. So anyway, then David Dominguez testifies for Stahl. And David Dominguez was the project super, supervisor for the Kirkendall Library project. And he, he's the one that put the bid together. And he's the one, and then he also came out and testified and told them how all tr the trouble they had starting off the project and all the delays that were going on because of the weather and, and this and that and the other. I, make a story short, I'll cut it down a little bit. But he finally says, says, I left Stahl because we, we had issues that uh, we just weren't on the same philosophy of how to do things. Says when he left, he says the two superintendents left with him. Told him that he, told him what he was making, he was making 115,000 a year for Stahl. Stahl was a $60 million a year company. And so they were big. And uh, uh, so he said, uh, he said, then he comes up and he says, when we bid that job, I found out that we missed $300,000 of sunshades on the precast. 
and he went to the president and said, we should drop this job because we're not going to make any money on this job. That's what he, that's what he, that, uh, what he told them. And the president said, told him, no, we need this job. We're going to do it. And then he said about a week later, he got, they got all the heads together at Stahl and says, this is our plan. What we're going to do is we're going to keep track of delays by all the subs we're going to try to get them to pay for the difference, pay the difference on this job. And the arbitrator just about jumped off his chair when he heard that one. And we did too, and we thanked him for telling us. And, uh, and he says, that's the main reason I left, because they wanted, they wanted to cheat the sub, subs and just, just look for delays. And as we did the job, you kind of noticed that, guys they would put the carpet guys in where we're supposed to be working so we couldn't work there. They'd find a cleaner room that we weren't done with so they didn't want us working in there. They put, they had the tile guy working where we're supposed to go work. David Toomey went around with their superintendent one day and uh, three quarters of a day went from one thing that the superintendent needed done after another and the superintendent and Dave said, okay, get the, get the material here, we'll get, we'll get it right at it. David never even worked that day because none of the material for what he wanted us to do was even there. And he didn't even know it wasn't there. That's the kind of the guys that ran that project for us. It was just a, ridiculous. So he did get TechCon to come in there. They did a few panels and fixed them. And some of them they put screws in. And you can't do that to them panels because they're a finished panel. They're all stained and everything done. But he did that because Stahl told him to do it. Says, we'll fix them later. Just, we didn't even understand why they were doing that. And then they had to fix the handrail that never showed up while we were there. The material never did come while we were there. It didn't come until January, sometime in January. And the marker boards didn't come till March. And they're trying to blame us for delaying the project, okay? And the final completion date was like July, January 31st. Well, TechCon got the handrail done, but he had to rework all the steel on it because it wasn't right, and he had to rework all that, and they changed the whole design of the handrail, so that would have been an extra for all of us to do that too. So it was all extra stuff that they were doing. So anyway, Stahl in the arbitration now said that Quick owes them $224,000 for delay for 93 days, and they're charging us for the president, the uh, superintendents, the project manager, just everybody they can come up with, and then these carpenters that came down there, and they worked double time and overtime and all this stuff. And we found out on one place, they on one roof they worked, or ceiling panels they worked on, there was 32 panels there, and it took us probably about an hour to set them. They had like 174 hours on that one ceiling panel, what they said they had. And then they, they have the, the, their head carpenter testifies, and I, and listen, you don't hear this. I was shocked when he said it. He says, what do you know about quick construction? He says, oh, they got a good reputation of being good carpenters. We would go back in the room. We'd, have, we'd work till 10, you know, and then take a break, and then lunch at noon and during the afternoon another break 
we go back in a room and our, my lawyer, Steve, would be there and Excel's lawyer would be there and this expert we had there. And they'd go back into the room and they says, what in the world is going on? Says they're admitting to everything that we want them to admit to. Says, what is going on here? And me and Steve looked at each other because we started this whole process out with verse number 14. The Lord shall fight for you and you hold your peace. And while they're testifying, uh, Steve and my lawyer working on them people trying to get out of them, we're praying to God to use him to do that. And he gets back in the room and says, what? I've never seen nothing like this in my life. They're just giving us everything we want. They're not fighting us on anything. I said, I don't know what's going on here. I don't even understand it. Me and Steve looked at each other and said, we know what's going on. We know exactly what's going on. So we got one more day of this arbitration, and that's Monday, tomorrow. And then that arbitrator will take 10 days to make his decision what's going on. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, yesterday Excel settled. They were trying to get 400000 out of him. So they saw that him settled. What they settled for, I do not know yet. I will know later, but I don't know yet because the story's not even over yet. But I do know that who's fighting for me. Now, listen to me. I don't care which way it goes because I know what God's doing, he's doing for me. So if it don't go good for me, there's something he wants me to learn. There's something he wants to show me. If it goes good for me, thank you, Lord. But what I'm telling you is when you give your life to God, when you give him everything, you ain't going to have anxiety. You ain't going to have worries. You ain't going to have all that kind of trouble. And God says, I will fight for you and you hold your peace. Now I want you to go to Numbers chapter 14 real quick. Isn't it interesting that God give me Exodus 14 and then gives me Numbers 14? I thought that was interesting. And when I read this chapter, I just started crying. Let's, let's listen to what God tells us. Got to get my glasses. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? And therefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? Now, these are the same people, he said, I will, I will fight for you. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. Now look what Moses and Aaron do. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. 
and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that search out the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of the saying, The land which he, we pass through to search it is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the, all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make thee a greater nation mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou brought us up this people in the might of from among them, thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thou cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by day time in a pillar of cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them. Therefore hath he slain them in the wilderness. And Moses says, And now I beseech thee that the power of my Lord be great according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people, even if people from Egypt, even unto now. What a God we serve. Give your heart, your mind, your soul, everything that you own to God, and watch Him work. You will never regret it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day.